Hello and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we explore our year in the national parks, our international travel experiences, and our love for everything budget travel. We're Cole and Elizabeth Donaldson, a regular Midwest couple who quit our jobs and set off on a year-long adventure to visit all 59 U.S. national parks in 2016. That set off our travel addiction, and since then we've visited over 50 countries. We've made travel priority without breaking the bank, and we're here to share that with you. I gotta say, this sun feels so nice streaming in the window right now. Yeah, it's like hitting me in the face, in the back of the head, and it's and blinding making a us nice on our glare. computer screen. But it's so welcome. We're um, very we're we're thawing out this weekend. I think you calculated that. After the polar vortex, it's swinging up to 65 degrees. So from a negative 25 wind chill to 65 degrees, and that's like a nine, 90 degree 90 swing. 90 degree swing. Counting wind chill. Counting wind chill. But uh, yeah, that's insane. I'm, I'm waiting to get sick. crazy. I'm already getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> I have not been waiting very long. But I hope you all are enjoying some better weather. Uh, if you were affected by the polar vortex, um, now you're able to get now out. Now there's this heat wave coming through. So. Yeah, stretch your legs while you can. We had the chance to stretch our legs actually last weekend. Before the polar vortex, yeah. we did a, a quick little weekend getaway, which was really, really nice. Like more, um, more rejuvenating than I thought it would be. Yeah, about an hour hour and a half southwest of St. Louis is a little decent-sized town called Farmington, and basically uh, it has a lot of nice hikes as you're getting towards the Ozark Mountains in southern Missouri. Yeah, it's near Mark Twain National Forest, which we got to kind of poke poke into a little bit. Yeah. There, Lots it's all, of good hikes around there. Yeah, it's all regional parks that you know most people outside the area wouldn't have heard of. But uh, there were some gorgeous trails, and I think one of the coolest ones was, it's some no-name, um, it, it's... Hughes? Hughes Natural Area. Hughes Mountain. Hughes Mountain Natural Area, thank you. And this has a bunch of um, volcanic like rock that was uh, thrust up in these pillars. So it's like columns of hexagonal and very angular pillars on this mountain in the middle of Missouri, in the middle of the, what is the rest forest. So that was just a such a random little trail and landmark. It's one of those things that um, we've had on our list for a few years and just haven't made it down there, and it's not even very far away. So finally we decided, what we decided this year is that every month we're going to take at least one, like, four to, you know, less than three or four hour weekend getaway from St. Louis yeah. and discover some new places and some new trails and some new uh, small towns that we really like. And we got to make sure, because we've been a good amount south and southwest, because that's where a lot of the good hiking is that you would be pulled to, the popular hiking, and the big uh, lakes and things like Ozark, Lake, uh, lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> you just forget the name of Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> uh, Table Rock Lake, uh, really popular for vacation, like lake vacations in the state. But we want to get do the full radius. 
around St. Louis. Yeah, some southern Illinois. There's yeah. some cool stuff. There's some a lot in Arkansas, northern Arkansas. Um, You're still going south. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Yeah, we, the point is we're gonna be able to explore the full breadth of not our not just the uh, typical region. southern Missouri mm-hmm. vacation spots. Yeah, that's our goal. That's our travel revolution. If you have resolution. any, if you have any ideas of places, I know like any anything from, you know, Chicago is pretty much is about four and a half hours from St. Louis, so that would probably be about the max we would go north. Um, Indianapolis or Louisville would be about the max we'd go east. Kansas City would be about the max we'd go west. So we've got kind of these like parameters. Iowa City. Iowa City. Yeah. Um, so anything within there, if you have any good ideas, please tell us because we're always looking for new, fun, under-the-radar spots. Yeah, and especially something local too. You know, having this uh, kiddo soon, we, um, if you didn't catch last episode, we announced that we're Elizabeth's pregnant. <laughs> we're expecting about four months in so almost getting you know getting close to halfway getting close to finding out the sex soon so still very excited very excited and very uh understanding that our travel style will change a bit and we're going to you know start focusing on maybe things that are uh around now like right around since we've been far flung in the last few years which has been amazing in itself and is going to be part of the topic for today yeah so something that is not a weekend getaway from st louis much 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 further is this awesome place that we have been talking about the whole continent we've been talking about for a while ever since we got back from the our trip there in september um we have kind of been processing it and piecing it out you know, to, to our audience a little bit by bit. Today we thought we would do part one of two parts that cover everything about, that we know, <laughs> all of our expertise, about visiting the whole continent of Africa. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, I guess that wasn't a surprise. You just framed it a little differently than the, everything we know about visiting the whole continent of Africa. That's not a broad topic. Well, it is broad, but what I mean is is that it's not... Africa's so big. Africa's not just one thing. You know, Africa's not just the Serengeti or, um, you know, a game drive somewhere in Zimbabwe. It's, it's so big. And so what we're talking about today, it starts really broad, but then it gets more, hopefully, a lot more specific and actionable and helpful and uh, relatable to people who are interested in visiting one of the countries in the continent of Africa. Right. So we just put out a huge trip report post on our blog, switchbackkids.com. So that was all about our uh, 66 days in Africa over the summer. And that has a lot of the details. But here we wanted to um, maybe touch on a little bit of what's in there, but also um, talk about some of the so rationale for choosing Africa as a destination, Africa's kind of place in the travel world, and then how we started to plan the Africa trip, and then getting into the fun part of our top five game drives to round out uh, the time. So 
and, and man, that was, uh, you know, game drives are what you think of when you think of traveling in Africa. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Safari. Yes. When and you're it, there, they call them game drives, and we suggest you do the same when you're, <laughs> when you're there. And it does not disappoint one bit. Um, but let's start at the top. Yeah. With Back to the beginning, back to about a year ago, a little over a year ago, when we first started planning out our summer of 2018 travel. So basically we knew Cole was going to be graduating in May and we knew he was going to be starting work in September. So we had a good chunk of time to do some major traveling. So we were we were thinking about where what are what are our options? Basically we narrowed it down to two main places based on the time we had, the money we had, the um our future plans for having a kid. So we looked at all of those constraints and narrowed it down to Africa, basically, or South America. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of had the same rationale for both of those places. Somewhere that was far away, that once we got there, we wanted to spend a good amount of time. That something that would be harder, quite a bit harder to do with a child. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, and... Somewhat affordable, not great, you know, not like Scandinavian expensive. Africa is definitely not cheap, but not outrageously expensive. Yeah, and something that we, the way we would want to experience it is by doing some more adventurous things like hiking and just being active. And we, you know, we can always go to um, Western Europe and have some... uh, Cush experience, but for this point in our lives, we knew we were able and wanted to take the more rugged route. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was also a small factor, and it so it really did fit perfectly. And we ended up going with Africa over a longer trip in South America, mainly because South America we felt like is still, although there are so many places we would want to go there, you can take chunks out of it Mm -hmm. and do it a few smaller trips at a time because it is you know a few hours flight south maybe you know uh, like not too far six hours where you're going going. but it's significantly closer and easier to get to than Nairobi Kenya would be Mm -hmm. from St. Louis which requires you to go through Europe most of the time so it was just it'll be a lot less logistically complicated We've also, I think part of, for me, it was, I've been, we have been to South America and I wanted to go because we went to Argentina a couple of years ago. I wanted to go somewhere. I had never been to the whole continent of Africa. Cole had through school, uh, been to Uganda and Nigeria and Morocco, but we, I kind of knew this is some, this is a continent I know almost nothing about. So that was also part of my motivation. Yeah, and like Elizabeth said, it is not a cheap destination, which is kind of counterintuitive because you think of emerging markets, developing world is more affordable, especially for people coming from the West. Um, Not really the case in Africa because they have uh, such, you really, because you can't backpack as well and take, you know, your own (laughs) 
trips and transportation as well or as easily because they don't have the infrastructure. You have to go more through tours and things like that, which quickly gets more expensive. I feel like they also developed their tourism more recently. And so that means they are, they have planned it out to where, you know, some of these game reserves and national parks are very regulated. And Mm -hmm. so the permits cost more and, um, you know, they're trying to preserve these these very natural areas. Whereas places, you know, South, Southeast Asia, for example, doesn't necessarily, it seems like have that similar mindset. Yeah, they had the tourism a, a lot before mm-hmm. they were focused on really making it sustainable. Right. Um, the the nature of a game reserve is is kind of so it's so based on protecting these animals that part of the exclusivity and cost of visiting Africa is kind of built into that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of all-inclusive luxury options. There are still some more affordable tours and overland overland companies that run those tours. So you can, although you, as we'll talk about later, you have to do a a tour in many cases or it's easier to do a tour. Uh, not all tours are created the same and you don't have to spend you know a year's salary to get uh, a really amazing tour experience Um, yeah and despite it kind of in their travel infrastructure and tour companies and things expanding and growing and increasing um, in number we still mostly felt like we were somewhat off the beaten track especially the way we did it with with an overland company, you know, you're, you're in touristy areas, but you're also in a lot of not touristy areas in between. So mm-hmm. you're, you're in the truck driving through villages and driving these long distances across the country. Um, and it just, it felt, it felt much more remote than some of the other more touristy areas we've been around the world. Yeah. Especially when you're going to one of the biggest game parks in all of Africa, Maasai Mara, and for about two, three straight hours, maybe four, you are going on this incredibly bumpy, washboarded gravel road um, to approach it because that's just the, you know, the infrastructure isn't as refined as we would see in other parts of the world. Um, Right, and a lot of people that visit just fly in on a bush plane. And so the the way that overland companies operate is that you get to like yes it's a little bit more it's a lot more time um, spent in a in a car but you also kind of get that um, off the radar off the beaten track sort of vibe vibe yeah mm-hmm. so uh, let's see how did we start the planning process then. Uh, looking so looking for, way uh, looking back, at Africa specifically. Looking now. way back, um, the first the the first thing that kicked me off to um, wanting to visit Africa was reading about Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Very and popular for a long time now. Yes, yeah, definitely Super well touristed. established as a tourist destination. Um, and when I started looking, I, I had wanted to visit Cape Town for a long time. And of course, if I figured if we're in Cape Town. We should also do a game drive. We should do a safari. Um, And so I started looking at these like two week, you know, one week in Cape Town, one week in maybe Kruger National Park, which is in South Africa. 
And then I started looking at some other national parks. And then that just kind of exploded. (laughs) So I started looking at all of these lists of the top places to visit in Africa for, you know, as far as national parks and natural landmarks and things like that. Um, And just started starring a bunch of stuff on Google Maps. Mm -hmm. So you had a bunch of now countries with a bunch of different stars in each one. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's kind of funny to go back and look at that list, I think, because just seeing how many of the places, the original list of what we had versus the places we got to visit on this tour. Yeah, so it's going down the list, you have South Africa with Cape Town and Kruger that we talked about. Namibia is right above South Africa on the West Coast that has Dead Vlay, Spitzkop, and Fish River Canyon, huge uh, natural landmarks. And these were just the things that I saw repeated on multiple lists Mm -hmm. across the internet. And then Botswana, do you know how to pronounce that one? Nope. (laughs) It's Makgadikadi Pans. Something like that. (laughs) Mak, we'll we'll call it M Pans. It has a long, long M name. Yeah, in Zimbabwe, of course, you have Victoria Falls, which kind of is on the border of Zimbabwe and Zambia. In Zambia, we also had the Lower Zambezi National Park that seemed interesting. In Malawi, there was Lake Malawi and uh, Naika National Park. Um, And in Kenya, Lake Nakuru, Masai Mara. In Tanzania, Serengeti. And of course, Kilimanjaro, the highest point in Africa. Um, In then moving north, um, in way north, in Egypt, we wanted to visit the Pyramids of Giza. We wanted to see the Nile River. Um, and then just kind of, uh, Cole had been to Morocco and told me a lot about it, but I had wanted to see quite a bit of that country as well. Yeah, that's kind of the oddball because it is so far from... <laughs> it's so far away. Uh, definitely Southern Africa, but also all of the attractions in Egypt. Um, but a very popular spot because it is kind of so close in that top uh, left corner of Africa. (laughs) Right. So once we had this long list, I started looking at possible like combinations of these activities and destinations, started looking at flights that would connect them, trains, buses. And then I learned about this thing called overlanding, which I really did not know until we um, started looking at the options for it. We had a friend um, who is on Instagram, and he's awesome. If you want to follow him, his just his handle is Brent Folan, F O L A N, um, and he happened to be doing this fifty nine. He was he's traveling like for a very extensive time right now, and he happened to be doing this fifty nine day uh, overland tour through Africa. And so I was following him as at the same time as we were planning this trip, and it just. Um, Kind of his pictures just blew me away. His stories, his accounts of the tour just made it seem so much easier <laughs> than piecing it all together on our own. So we we started looking at their website. We started looking at different overland company itineraries. And what we realized was that joining a tour like this, which we never really considered before, um, included so many of the things on our original list for le- like cheaper, much less complicated, much less confusing 
then we could piece together on our own. Yeah, and the other big thing was not just how much easier it would be, but it was so much cheaper than we expected Mm -hmm. uh, to see for a tour of this length. Because we were looking at, when you looked at a week in Cape Town, a week in Kruger, like how much would you estimate that week safari was? I mean, some of them were up to like, you know, two to $500 a night per person. So we're talking like a... you know, that would be a little bit more of the luxury, all-inclusive situations, um, but at least like $1,000 per person per week. So that that a week alone might have been $2,000. Yeah, I think I remember listening to some, one of the uh, kind of... Um, uh, posh travel podcast we listened to it was talking about your planning your first safari mm-hmm. and it they said you should expect to pay for a mid-range safari about six hundred dollars a night yeah per person per person so that was which is crazy way out of our range <laughs> uh and and it, so when you hear something like, like that the first time you hear like how to plan your first trip through africa you're so intimidated and it's like out of your range that you don't even so a lot of people just stop there yeah. and don't continue to explore. So take Condé Nast with a grain of salt. <laughs> but um, anyway, they, they have some good episodes still. Uh, we And I wouldn't blame anybody for not thinking that a safari in Africa is in their range of possibilities. But when we saw Absolute Africa and some of the other overland tours that are really in the budget range, uh, we were super surprised at um, how affordable it was. And just to give some specifics on the Africa trip report uh, that we just posted on our blog, we have all of the numbers, but total for all expenses for our 66 days in Africa for both of us. And we're talking, Cole, I mean, we kept so close track. Like we kept a note on our phone every time we bought a pack of gum or any time we had to change money at the and the, you know the ATM fees and everything like this includes everything yeah. for the whole 66 days. Yeah, it is $13,185 for both of us. For both of us. For 66 days and that is $6,480 in pre-trip payments and then $6,275 for intra-trip payments as I termed it, which means basically all of the miscellaneous in-country expenses like our, you know, a meal that we might have had to pay for. We had most meals covered, but some we had to pay for. And then um, activities, activities, mostly excursions. Yeah, that all was the biggest thing. Is- lo- the nature of this, of our Overland Company, Absolute Africa, was that their base price was relatively low, about three, th- a little over $3,000 per person to start with, uh, which includes your camping your your uh, breakfast and dinner, your all of you know, uh, tolls and fees and and the guide and um, things like that and a few of the big game drives, uh, but most things were extra. So that's where a lot of that extra money comes in. Mm-hmm. So about sixty five hundred pre trip payment, sixty three hundred for intra trip uh, add ons and uh, different expenses. And then keep in mind that that price of just over 13000 for us, we got the flights for um, 
free by using points and travel hacks and stuff. So that's always a big component of how we're able to travel. And we've written about that before. So if you're curious, we would love for you to check out some of those episodes and, and posts. Um, but the biggest point is we were able to basically get it to about, what is that per day? I'm trying to, I know I put it here somewhere. Um, about $200 per day uh, for both of us on that 66 day trip. So then if you look at, you know, if you look at $100 a day versus $600 a day for an all-inclusive, you know, luxury safari, um, obviously quite a big difference between those numbers. And we were, we didn't feel like we were missing out from the luxury experience. I mean, of course it would be nice to be pampered and stuff like that, have a super comfy bed instead of stay in a tent, uh, but... We were in the same spot same as spots. the luxury um, tours. We were, we saw that. I mean, we were with the same people, mm-hmm. um, seeing them in different cars, driving around in the same national parks. So as far as the experiences, we did not feel like we missed out at all. And what would we have done if we didn't have to make our own meals and go shopping for our own stuff? You know, the crew would have still had to make those meals for us in a luxury if we we're doing a luxury option. Uh, so we would have just been sitting around being bored anyway. I feel like the participatory uh, nature of the tour, which brought the cost down, actually was a fun part of the experience. Absolutely. Because you got to uh, try new things, um, and you also got to bond with your other tour friends. Uh, so anyway, I think we've hit that hard enough. Um, yeah, the, the pre-trip, the planning, the rationale, for why and how we went about visiting Africa. Now we're going to go through kind of our top five game drives um, and animal experiences that we had throughout the whole 59-day tour. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking about, you know, this uh, tour through Africa was just such an amazing trip with so many different layers. What do we want to talk about? It, was, it took us a while to decide because we had heard from you all that you wanted to hear about the Africa trip. And um, we obviously still love talking about it. So we decided that why don't we just start with what we were so excited about at first uh, and what drew us to Africa in the first place, and what, what draws was the, most people, and what was the best part? Yeah, and it like it it held up. It was it was by far our highlight of the experience. Right, the game drives. So let's talk about our top five game drives, and um, I guess you want to just start with number one. I'll start with number five. Okay, start with number five. But Keep them you, in suspense. You decide which one is number five because I changed them just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree it, they're, with you clo- they're close. So, they're close. number five game drive, um, we went to Gorongoro, Gorongoro Crater, which is right outside of Serengeti. It was actually on the same tour that we, uh, or excursion we went to Serengeti on. A day, a full day was in Gorongoro Crater, and it was amazing because not just that the animals were all out in the early morning, you know, scattered around the whole crater, but the setting was what was really just 
awe-inspiring. You are surrounded, so you're in this huge crater, as, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in the middle of it, and it's, uh, you know, there's some, like, bodies of water and stuff, but most is now plains and grassland. So uh, you're traveling around on the Jeep and just going by all of these different herds of wildebeest, of water buffalo, flocks of flamingos next to you on the lake edge. Um, and then all of it is, you know, kind of framed in this magical setting of the sunlight uh, just coming through the clouds in these beautiful rays like a scene out of Lion King. Um, just <laughs> On top of the herds of wildebeest. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was very, um, you know, stereotypical what you think of when you think of Africa. And then behind all of that, you know, that's all the foreground, middle ground, and then the background, it's just the walls of the forested crater looming all around. 360 degrees was super cool. Really, really, really cool. The, I mean, the whole experience, we got up super early. It was freezing. Um, we had to, that was probably our coldest morning of the whole trip. Um, but just magic it was it was so great we saw really um we saw huge herds of wildebeest and water buffalo um we saw you know hundreds of antelope and gazelle and and things like that um we also saw the first um black rhino of the trip so Mm -hmm. this was this was probably in our second week um of overall and so that was really exciting because black rhino are much more rare than white rhino. But this is a great place to see them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, almost you have a good chance if you go to go to the crater. We also saw probably the closest lion we saw of the whole trip, mm-hmm. um, which was sleeping on the side of the road and then covered its face up yeah. in a really cute way and then like went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a big cat, you know. It just like. A cat stretching out and sleeping in the sun, super lazy during the middle of the day. And yeah, at one point, uh, I mean, it also is on its back. So it was not, uh, <laughs> it was really funny as we were going up to the driving up. Um, you know, you could see there was something big there. And then you got, because there are a number of cars around, and then you saw the, the line there just flat on its back and you could instantly tell it was a male well it had a mane because of the mane but also (laughs) because of its uh legs wide open Um, oh yeah and the guide (laughs) and the guide who uh, i wouldn't say the tour guides in africa are really known for their interpretation i would say the ones that we that absolute africa used because they were budget Guides, I would say those guides that we can speak to so, were not known for their interpretation. Yeah, well, well, we'll just say the interpretation we got out of this animal encounter was, it's a male. <laughs> Which just made us laugh because yeah. obviously, like, it, we're, we came up to this thing, like, legs wide open. <sighs> obviously, it had a mane. Like, it's a lion. I mean, it's, it's a male lion for sure. Um, Maybe you had to be there, but it was, <laughs> it was hilarious to laugh. us. Um, so super recommend Gorongoro Crater. Um, it was really after an, uh, frankly, underwhelming Serengeti experience, which we talk about a little bit in the trip report. Um, 
Goran Goro saved that excursion for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, it left us on a really good note um, from the area. Yep. So number four. N- yeah, that was number five. So moving on to number four was our very first game drive um, in Lake Nukuru National Park in Kenya. Um, and the first, I don't know if we said uh, Ngorogoro Crater was in Tanzania. Yes. So Lake Nukuru number four in Kenya was our very first game drive of the trip. And, it's, and it was on day two. So mm-hmm. we had such um, adrenaline excitement. We were so We were so pumped to get up at like... 5 a.m. <laughs> and, yep. and, you know, drive out to our first park. We were in this kind of rundown looking van. And I remember I remember Cole not realizing that the top opened. <laughs> yeah. Because the top had been closed. And I was like, oh, surely, like, they'll crank up the roof. And Cole was, like, trying to figure out how he would take pictures through the window. <laughs> yeah. Through, like, the glass window. Um, I spent a lot of time strategizing which is the best seat to be in for the window pictures. Yeah. So once we got to the entrance gate of the park, um, of course, they cranked up the window. And then we were like... The roof. The roof. Sorry. The roof. And uh, we were standing up the rest of the day, basically. Mm -hmm. We were so excited. Um, We kind of contemplated which would be the first animal we would see. Um, And it was a water buffalo, like the first big animal we saw Mm -hmm. Um, that was really exciting but then right after that uh, about maybe 10 minutes into the park 15 we saw this huge white rhino uh, and we got so close to it it was just beautiful Uh, yeah yeah just lumbering along eating the grasses Uh, we took a million pictures yep and then we saw later on just a bunch of antelope and water buck uh, everything was new at the time, so it was super exciting. I think it was Impala. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the water buck that the male was chasing around the female and trying to get with her? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, that Saw was a lot of that. Yeah, we, we watched that for Nature. a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, we saw some baboons driving through the little, um, driving up to the lake. Mm-hmm. We, um, yeah, the which nice part- stole our some of our food from our van. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that was crazy because... The baboons were aggressive. <laughs> yeah, and they were so innocent looking at first because they're kind of playing with each other and picking things out of each other's hair. Uh, it really happens. And all of a sudden, we weren't... We were looking in another direction, a thud, and a baboon is right on our roof, right next to us, because, again, the roof is open. Um, and... It, in before I can even process what's happening, it is down inside the car. It rips open my bag, uses the zipper, so very practiced with that, and got dug through and found an egg roll in my bag uh, that I was saving for lunch. And uh, yeah, I tr- I didn't know what to do. I tried to hit it with uh, well, I kicked it at one second. It, it did not like that and started screaming at me. And, uh, yeah, that, that was um, wild. But the, the cool part of Lake Nakuru was that you had these kind of grasslands where we saw everything at first that we mentioned. Then you get into some forested parts where you saw baboons and their famous tree-climbing lions, mm-hmm. which we, we saw. We saw one at the end of the day, which yeah. was amazing. It was a huge um, climax of the day. Um, 
and it was just draped. It was sleeping, so it wasn't doing anything super interesting. But every now and then it would stretch and kind of roll over or, you th- or it twist, and you thought it was going to fall out. But uh, lions, if you don't know, which I didn't, do not climb trees normally. So the fact that these this specific group of lions in Lake Nakuru climb trees is very... Uh, rare. Rare mm-hmm. and, yeah, cool to see. Uh, For sure. And then another feature of Lake Nakuru is the lake itself. Um, And it's famous for its flamingo population. And I think flamingos were one of those animals that I guess I never really associated with Africa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know where I associated them with. But I did not think... I thought they were more tropical. I don't know. But I was um, super excited to see these flamingos. And... Um, there weren't as many as there normally are in normal years because of the algae level, which is what attracts them to the lake, is the, the layer of algae that kind of sits on top of the lake. Um, so it was a lower population, but there were still like hundreds or thousands of these flamingos. Um, and we got to kind of walk up semi-close to them and yep. see. So that was another one of those random animals that you kind of forget about that, that are there, that are around and uh, saw two more white rhinos there too three a group of three. Oh yeah okay yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hyena in the distance at one point some giraffes mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of stuff going on there oh and we even saw that waterfall I keep I always forget that yeah um, but it was a really again very beautiful Super landscape cool that you were Park. going through and just finding all of these uh, animals in random places and it, it's all of these things are just one big uh, I spy, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's fun because you're doing that with all the other... Uh, I think in our truck, it was four other people. and Who was... You know, this was all of our first game drive. Yeah. Um, so we were all the same level of excited. Mm-hmm. All right. So we should probably keep moving to yes. number three. Number three. And we loved this park for a very different reason than mm-hmm. the first two we've talked about. Um, and this is Matopo National Park in Zimbabwe. Yes. And this was one that we weren't, we hadn't heard a lot of. It was under the radar. We were only spending one day there. Um, and it was billed as a rhino trek. So, you know, we thought, we've seen rhinos before, but this sounds really cool because you, in this one, get to walk uh, and do a hike to see rhinos. So we, um, you know, got out to the national park and immediately realized this is going to be way different than all of our other game drives because of the guide. Mm-hmm. And the guides, there were, there were two guides, and both of them were just so well informed and such good storytellers that it was remarkable how much it transformed our experience. Um, mm-hmm. Because in reality, we didn't see nearly as many um, animals as anywhere, any of the other parks, especially on this list. Um, we really, the highlight was the uh, herd of rhinos we saw, but we felt like we had to include it as one of our top five game drives because it was just so cool and the level of information and understanding and education we got mm-hmm. from the guide was um, just so special. 
And I think part of it was because up until then, one of our, you know, we had very few disappointments with our trip. Uh, but one of our frustrations was in the the guided interpretation of these amazing places we were in. We were seeing some animals we'd never, a ton of animals we'd never seen before. And we just, you know, be, being, um, spending so much time in the U.S. national parks and going to so many ranger programs, I think we just craved that level of information. Um, and so that that was part of what had us completely captivated in uh, in Matopo National Park. So did the white the the white rhino trek so we got to walk a little bit and see this this uh, group of five five or six rhinos? Yeah, I think it was six. Six? A couple babies, you know, young mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Um and after that we got to drive a little further. Well, are you going to say anything about the oh this the the, the, the craziest experience of our trip? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So okay, we'll make it quick, but basically the, the, the you know it's very safe approaching these rhinos um, on uh, on foot because they're not aggressive. They can't basically see anything uh, because their eyesight's so poor. And also because you're with professional guides who do this all the time. Um, And it's actually also monitored by rangers who are kind of standing with almost each herd of rhino in the park because they're protecting them from poaching. That's a whole other story. But um, we uh, were um, all taking pictures. You know, we, we found the rhinos and we were just kind of taking pictures and moving around to kind of get a different angle and all of a sudden we noticed two people um, they were the Japanese couple on the trip who had kind of separated from the group I assumed to get a better angle for a picture and um, but they were separated from the group which is a problem they tell us not to do that and then they got noticed by the rhinos um, probably because they were wearing bright colored uh, coats, which they also recommended not to do. Um, and when they saw the, the guy of the couple that they had noticed them, he started waving his hands. Which, which is a third strike of something you're not supposed to do. That is the do. biggest thing you're not supposed yeah. to do, is wave your hands and alarm them. You're not supposed to make any movement. Um, so that really got them spooked and they like got up and they started running away but because they were on the opposite side of the circle from us them running away from the Japanese couple meant they were running towards the main group so all of a sudden this they were just the the poor rhinos were just trying to get out of this like circle of us kind of standing around them Um, so it was like it seemed like a charge but it, then it, you know, the rhino was coming straight at us and then turned to like go through, the, you know, go continue through the circle and out the other side where he could finally yeah. kind of get some space and feel like he was safe. So it was, it seemed close. <laughs> In reality, we were probably always pretty safe. Well, I don't know but about that. It was because scary. It was the, pretty scary. I wasn't too worked up about it until. Um, I got back and we were just uh, standing around the truck talking about it. The guide said that that has never happened to them and they were scared. 
And at that point, I'm like, man, we just um, really got lucky. So moral of the story, <laughs> make sure you're following the rules. Africa is not, it's not Disney World. It's, you know, there, there are these wild animals that, yes, you can navigate around in a safe, responsible, ethical way. Um, but there's definitely ways to not do that. So that's kind of the lesson we learned there. And make sure um, other people are following the rules too. Yeah, yeah, that helps. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was uh, that video of it of that is on our highlight video for the whole Africa trip, which again is on the Africa trip report on the blog. So recommend checking that out um, because it, it was just really cool to see the rhinos up that close. I mean, we're about, what, 30 feet away? 40 feet away? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So the rest of Matopo was also really cool, um, again, because of the guiding. So we were, you know, we drove through the rest of the park and looked for some animals, didn't really see many others. Um, but the, the second destination of this, this park was to see these ancient cave paintings, um, which required us to do a little hike up up a, a short little hill and um, into this cave where we got to hear the stories of the people who had lived in this area. And is it the longest inhabited, continuously inhabited area in the world? Yeah. The, is that the correct fact? <laughs> I believe so. It's, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's definitely and it's the a bush unique people. place. Yeah, yeah. You know, the... the um, Oh, what is the proper name? Uh, I don't know. You um, might have to look that up. We'll put it in the show notes. But these bush people, you know, you think of from the Kalahari in, in Botswana are all around this region. And they are the oldest, you know, kind of sub race of humans that have roots back to you know millions and millions well i'm not gonna say that I, it, long, long time, time ago, ago. <laughs> <laughs> um you know and, and they're kind of the closest to the first humans that we have uh, alive today is the bush people um as far as genetics and everything so they have a fascinating history and it's also a tragic history as well because they are you know now kind of persecuted because they're trying to live how they've lived for thousands of years uh, which is not really in uh, it, it does not sync well with modern modern day and so their rights are not as respected as they should be by the local governments um, but that is a whole different podcast mm-hmm. and actually uh, we really hope at one point to get the guide of this tour on to both talk about his message of conservation for rhinos and uh, preservation for the culture of the bush people. Um, yeah, if you if you are um, visiting Africa at any time, we do recommend learning a lot about both of those subjects, both both the conservation of the wildlife and some of the the um, ancient and less ancient culture, cultural history of um, the area you're visiting, because both of those are really important beyond just, you know, seeing cool animals and learning about beautiful landscapes. Um, there's a lot to know about the place you're visiting. Mm-hmm. And final, so this was a packed day between the rhino trek, 
the hike up the mountain to the petroglyph caves, or the cave paintings, actually. And then also, we ended the day with sunset at Cecil Rhodes' grave, which uh, I didn't well, know anything not about. Really. We didn't visit his grave, did okay. we? Okay, well, his grave was like 200 yards away, yeah, and pay. it cost admission. <laughs> but we saw it from a bit of afar. Uh, but if you don't know anything about Cecil Rhodes, he's a famous... Uh, well, probably the most wealthy person in the world in the late 1800s, um, famous Brit who was minor, a minor and then a politician, actually had the country of Rhodesia, which turned into Zimbabwe, more or less, named after him. Um, uh, fascinating story, also kind of controversial because he was um, basically thought, uh, white people were doing a favor everywhere they went and colonized, bringing civilization uh, to them. Um, but anyway, another uh, <laughs> a topic for, again, another podcast. We have so many uh, we could be talking about now, but moving on. And that's right? why, yes, <laughs> moving on. But again, that's why we love this day is because it blended the game drive with the education. Mm -hmm. uh, as you can tell, we learned a lot. And just a huge thanks to Ian Harmer is the guide's name of African Wanderer Safaris. Yes, definitely look up that company because both of the guides that we had through through them um, were amazing. And so, yeah, if you, if you can go, get to the area and then hire them to take you around, that would be well worth it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so number two, moving further west across southern Africa, um, in Namibia, we have our second favorite national park game experience was in Etosha National Park. Yeah, Etosha, again, this is one that, so you know things, you've heard of things like the Serengeti and the Masamara, and those are famous, uh, well-traveled game drives and national parks. Atosha was not really on our radar for animals, but it quickly came to impress us. And one of the most interesting things here is that the game was um, concentrated around watering holes. So Atosha National Park is a huge, um, it's a big national park, it's very arid landscape, and the biggest section of it is a dried up uh, lake that is now a salt pan. Uh, so that's a huge swath of the middle, and around that is a bunch of kind of deserty, shrubby landscape with a few watering holes. Some are man-made, some are natural, and that's where the wildlife concentrates around, which is really handy for tourists <laughs> because they then know where to go. I especially liked it because um, we didn't have a ton of things to do at night, and so this gave us a really specific activity that we could partake in at night after dark when, you know, sometimes it got dark pretty early um, in Africa. And so when it when the sun went down and we, we were at our campsite, we could just walk over to the watering hole, which is, you know, situated behind, um, a, you know, we are protected by a fence. Mm -hmm. Because um, there's one outside of each, area. there's one outside of each campground. Yep. And Etosha was, it was unique to Etosha, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's unique to Namibia in general, but... We didn't see them anywhere else throughout our trip. Um, and so that was a really cool way to experience animals just coming to you and you not, you know, you not in a car or a boat driving and 
looking at them and then maybe just, you know, scaring them off a little bit. This was a totally different dynamic. Absolutely. And we talk a lot about it uh, last episode as well because it was our number two experience in 2018, uh, our top we listed out our top 18 experiences, um, number only beaten by number one, uh, learning that we are having a new travel partner, <laughs> our, our uh, soon-to-be-born travel partner joining us. So that, the point there is that it was compared, it stacks up really well compared to all the other experiences we've had around the world, is the magic of sitting there in the dark and watching these um, lit up watering holes as they attract all of this wildlife from giraffes, black rhinos, elephants playing with each other, splashing each other, uh, the solitary male lion coming for a drink. Um, uh, it's, what, what was it? Jackals, you know, mm-hmm. just slinking around. <laughs> Very um, just amazing stuff. And in everybody around, you, it's kind of fun to be there with your friends too because you're all just so excited and kind of watching out and seeing things emerge from the darkness and, and pointing to this and that. And Yeah, it was really quiet, really peaceful. Um, you know, you could, we just would bring like a little cup of wine or something and, <laughs> and hang out for hours um, at these watering holes. And that was one of my my probably our favorite experience our favorite single unique experience we had mm-hmm. and then the drives themselves were great too so yeah, during, during the, the day mm-hmm. we got to drive around the park and we saw lots of lions probably the highest concentration of lions we oh, had yeah. seen and you forget about, i well i forget about that because <laughs> the watering holes were so memorable but the lions, the lions were, were great. crazy. At one point, we went up and saw two, uh, I think it was a male and a female sleeping lion near a watering hole. And then um, we went down the road a little bit, immediately saw another small group of cars and went over there and saw not just a male, a female, but three cubs. Four. With the, four cubs. There were two males by the road, and then there was a female walking away from that group, and they had just, they were, like, guarding a kill. Mm-hmm. So they, we saw the carcass and everything, and then the, the female was walking away with four cubs, and it was very cute. <laughs> and, and two jackals, I remember this now, it came up, and, and they were really food. <laughs> sneaky, and they ran up uh, to the carcass that was a few feet away from the lion and, like, grabbed a little um, foot or something. And it'd be like the back. equivalent of like a chicken leg yep. and then running away. Um, and you could tell the lions just like didn't care. <laughs> yeah, they had eaten their <laughs> They're fill like, this already. is my energy for the day. I'm not going to chase off this this jackal. Yeah. And uh, then <clears throat> even later, we saw another lion that was we, we tracked her for about probably a mile as she went to the um, just meandered. We kept hoping she was going to like hunt or take off but she just kind of meandered along but we saw she already had blood all over mm-hmm. her so she must have recently eaten mm-hmm. and then she just meandered over to the uh, watering hole and took a drink and that was another time around this watering this other watering hole during the day had a few jackals and lots of birds and then the lion just kind of walked up and 
drank and it was it was just really it it gave it a very different um a, a very different feel to have animals congregate around around um like a specific thing and then the third element of atosha um around animals at least is the night drive that we went on mm-hmm. it was the only real night drive we had uh, and that was kind of a drama in itself, just getting to be on the night drive because we it's something they advertise as an add-on for our overland tour. Um, but when we got to the park, it was all sold out. So there were you know 15 people from our tour who were really disappointed that we couldn't do the night drive. However, later that day, after you know the sunset, we went back to the office and asked them if anybody had canceled uh, and they said actually we have two spots open in this one car and if you can get there in five minutes uh, we can you can hop in so basically we sprinted back to camp grabbed our stuff told people we're really sorry but you'll have to clean the bus which was our uh, chore for the night our group's chore uh, without us and they picked up our slack and we hopped on the, the truck. So we were very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically, uh, yeah, never always teaches us it helps to never give up and be persistent. And be annoying and keep asking over and over again the same questions. Um, but that it's was a good lesson to learn. Yeah. That <laughs> was cool because we again saw black rhinos at the watering hole. But the unique part was finding this den of hyenas. Mm-hmm. and the little cub hyenas, the young hyenas that were following around, I think the pregnant mom, uh, and you could see they tracked them with the red infrared spotlight. Uh, so that was just really cool. Baby hyenas are pretty much just... than adult hyenas. Oh, really? I was going to say they're almost as ugly. Oh, well, well, it's not saying much, but they, <laughs> I think they're much cuter. I mean, baby anythings are cute. Yeah, so I, I just have a pregnancy brain, <laughs> pregnancy emotions. Don't call hyenas ugly. Bottom line with the Tosha <laughs> is it may not have the most pretty scenery, although going out in the middle of the salt pan is pretty cool because you just see the same thing forever. Um, but it, it doesn't have the most uh, beautiful landscape, but the animal encounters are top-notch mm-hmm, for sure bring us home to number but one But now moving on to number one so our favorite game drive experience of the part of the trip um happened in kenya it was our second big game drive park um which was the masai mara so masai mara is not a national park it's a national reserve which means it just has a few different different, like less regulations, I would say, than national parks we encountered. Um, But we saw the densest wildlife in any other park um, here in Masai Mara. And it kind of set us up, I think, Mm. (laughs) with very high expectations. Because this happened on, this was probably day, within the first week of the trip we were here. And we got to spend two, two days, so basically one evening or afternoon evening and then the next full day we were in the park um so we saw you know we we completed our big five here so we saw a leopard which we didn't see anywhere else 
Um, we saw a cheetah, um, a cheetah in action. So a cheetah before a hunt, during a hunt, and then after a hunt, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, after a kill. And so that was really, really cool. We saw these giant families, like herds of elephants. Um, we saw... You know, we looked oh. around and we saw four lions at one time, which was, which had been, which we had seen this, the tree climbing lion in Lake Nakuru. Um, but this was much more dense, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were just kind of, uh, it was at the end of the morning. So they were just slowly meandering over to their grove of trees where they were going to plop down and nap for the whole day, probably. So we caught them right before they were... Uh, they disappeared, uh, so that was cool. And you, you didn't mention kind of the sad story with the with the, the elephant. elephants. Yeah, that um, was. We saw a lot of different groups of elephants, and they're all uh, super fun to watch because they're huge. They're they act almost like people. Yeah, more than other animals, I think they take care of each other. They you can see the whole family dynamic within this one herd of the the oldest elephants, and then the. The, the like middle generation elephants and then the baby elephants and everyone's kind of taking care of each other and splashing each other and um, keeping each other uh, cool I guess from yeah. the sun and there's just a lot going on and it's they're so fun to watch but at one point we were pretty close to a few elephants it was a smaller group and the mom was kind of out in front and then the last trailing elephant was a little baby and you could see something was a little off and it had a little it had kind of like a red um, reddish like thing hanging down from its stomach and at first I thought it was a penis Um, (laughs) would have been really big and really red for that Um, but you know (laughs) we've been traveling through Africa for a long time and seen a lot of I mean elephant natural huge so but as it got closer, we realized that is not what it was. It was a piece of its intestines falling out of the belly. And we just felt so horrible for it because it was obviously really struggling to keep up with the mom. And it wasn't, it was trying to eat, but it really like didn't even have the strength to pull out grasses. And um, we didn't. I mean, we we told the guide, and he looked over at it, and he's like, ooh, yeah, that's not a good situation. And he called it in to, I don't know, whoever on the radio, but um, we didn't know what would happen to it. And thankfully, our one of the people in our group did not give up, and she tracked down the National Park uh, on Twitter and texted... Um, Actually, it wasn't even the the National Park. It was the Elephant Sanctuary that we had gone to in Nairobi and tweeted at that that there's this elephant in distress because what this Elephant Sanctuary does is go to parks all over Kenya, which is where we were, and saves elephants who need help. And luckily in this case, they responded. They found the elephant based on her directions and went in, tranquilized it, and were able to sew it up and then reintroduce it with its mother successfully yeah all successfully which is crazy that and we, and I, we loved you know seeing that update a few days later yeah that it all happened so fast and and um this like tragic traumatic experience that that we witnessed 
um, was kind of had, at least for the for the time being was some somewhat resolved. Yeah. Yes, and we didn't know how it got like that. Uh, somebody said that it might have been gored by another elephant, like a competitive bull elephant. Um, but anyway, that that was a story with a happy ending. Um, and another thing we haven't mentioned about Maasai Mara yet is going to the Mara River. Yeah. Uh, so the Mara River is the place where during the Great Migration, all of the wildebeests and a bunch of zebras to cross over. Uh, it's kind of that classic Nat Geo, like crocodiles grabbing the wildebeest yep. out of the out of the water um, as they try to pass through because they have to get from one side of, to the other at some point. Um, so they kind of just go for it. So we actually got to visit the part of the Maasai River. We were hoping we'd see crocodiles, and we didn't. We saw hippos. So we saw quite a few hippos there. Um, and then just seeing the river itself was was pretty cool. Unfortunately, we missed the Great Migration. We were too early for them to have you know gotten to that point yet. So we were a little disappointed about that, about our timing there. But it is kind of hard to time it right. Mm-hmm. And the huge density, as you said earlier, really made up for it. And I think the thing that was so special about Masai Mara was the number of big cats that we saw. Yeah. Uh, leopard, lion, and cheetah that was actually hunting, like Elizabeth said, and we saw with its kill later. Um, because as much as you might see the pictures of the lions and the big cats that um, are exciting in Africa, that was definitely, um, they were rare in, in, our, in our overall game drives. Um, so seeing so many in the same day was very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. So Masai Mara, Masai Mara, top of the list for game drives. Um, we spent, I think we had three, uh, it was kind of two and a half days of game drives there, right? Or was it just two? It was one and a half. Okay, one and a half. We, it seemed like so much longer. It was long. The, the full day was like a full day. We got in as yep. soon as the park opened at, I think, 6 or 7 a.m. And we're there until dusk at 5 p.m. And that's a long day to be driving around and you know getting excited standing up taking pictures yeah um being kind of like on level 100 all day right you're on alert the whole time Mm -hmm. uh luckily we had a short break in the middle where everybody could just kind of take a moment rest use the bathroom because on a safari on a game drive you have to be careful to go to the bathroom beforehand as i learned in gorongoro crater it is Difficult to find an opportunity among all of this wildlife <laughs> to get off the truck and use the bush toilet. Uh, but anyway, it, we, yeah, I was saying we had a brief point where we uh, stepped into a lodge and just sat around there. And that was the Hippo Lodge. That was the Hippo Lodge. Yeah, that was another co- a little cool thing we did was take a break an hour or two or so um, at this lodge that was there. And we just got to hang out and... We could walk out along their walkway um, out to their hippo pond that they had. And they have like a, a little bar out there, you know, that's elevated off of the ground. And you can just kind of drink and watch the hippos <laughs> interact with each other, which was pretty cool. Yeah, they're very, um, they're fun to watch. They're smelly and disgusting. They're re- <laughs> and they torpedo poop at each other. Yep. Like, with the, out of their, <laughs> out, like with their tails, like they torpedo it as it's coming out. It's a and tactic. It flings everywhere. It's a really interesting animal. They're like 60. It was a big group. It was a big group, yeah. Uh, very fun. 
Uh, you want to mention a couple other game experiences? Yeah, just to kind of put this in perspective, how just how many opportunities we had throughout our trip to see animals. Um, here, we're just going to quickly list. Are we going to l- explain them, or are we just going to list them? Uh, list with a little descriptor. Okay. So in Kenya, we also had the opportunity to do a game cruise, which was the first time we saw hippos at Lake Naivasha. Then we got to do a bike ride through Hell's Gate National Park, uh, where we got, we, we saw, it wasn't very animal heavy, but we saw some giraffes and zebras and gazelle from the, from our bikes. Mm-hmm. Serengeti is one that we mentioned earlier that was in Tanzania. <laughs> Uh, and saw probably the biggest number of lions there at once. It was a pride of lions. It was really cool. Uh, Jobani Forest was in Zanzibar, actually, famous for their uh, red colobus monkeys that are only on the island. Uh, that was also a national park and a, a walk, a game walk, I suppose. Lake Kariba. Uh, is in Zimbabwe and that was we got on this houseboat and at one point during our two days on the houseboat did a game cruise for sunset and saw a ton of elephants lions along the the coast and stuff very cool yeah Maremi game drive was um, just kind of adjacent to the Okavanga Delta right not or was it in the Delta it was in the Delta it was part of the Mm -hmm. Delta Um, and so while we were spending a few days there we did a, a game drive which was, if you can read about it on our trip report, but it was one of the most disappointing things about the whole trip was this game drive. Um, but we did get to see giraffe and um, grazers, quite mm-hmm. a few. And then two private par- game parks. Yeah, I was going to mention those last. Oh, okay. Uh... Chobe, okay, so let's keep going through Botswana. Yep. Um, so, sorry, Maremi was in Botswana also. Chobe National Park was also in Botswana, and that... Park National Park has the highest concentration of elephants anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, so definitely, we saw lots and lots and lots of elephants. And we also crocs. saw crocodiles. We also saw what were those um, sables? Sables. Yeah. Those were an interesting new really... antelope we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, then let's see. Cape Cross was along the coast of Namibia. Had a, a huge colony of seals and uh, cape seals and they were just everywhere you know very dense swimming in the ocean lounging on the rocks um, and that was just a short little trail that we did so that was a walk and then when we landed in cape town when we got finished with our with our official tour we did um a shark diving tour so we drove out um to what's the town now i forget Gans Bay. Gans Bay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we did a shark diving excursion there. and Shark Alley. Shark Alley. Yeah, yeah we got to see some. Uh, we saw one great white shark from the boat. We saw how many, what were the type of sharks you saw in the cage? Three bronzies. Bronzies. Yeah. Um, and then I thought the cooler part was on our way, on our drive back to town, to Cape Town, uh, we stopped and did some whale watching just right off the shore. We didn't even have to get into a boat. Um, and we saw tons of whales just right off the shore. Yeah, humpback was, whales. Humpback whales, which was really cool. calves, too. Uh, and then, so now the two yeah. private parks, mm-hmm. uh, most of those were either, uh, well, parks, national parks, whatever. There are a few private parks in Africa. Uh, one of the most famous is Antelope Park, where they have um, a big population of lions that we 
were, you're able to do a lot of different excursions with. And then there is also in, and that's in uh, Zimbabwe. And then in Namibia, there's a cheetah park where they take in cheetahs that are in danger of uh, being hunted by or, or killed by farmers when they're on their land. So they take in cheetahs and we saw uh, cheetahs there. Yeah. So with some of the, you know, the national parks and then, of course, a couple of those private parks, we got a lot of animal experiences, which is good because that was the reason we went to Africa, I would say. Yeah. The primary reason. And our wishes were fulfilled. For sure. (laughs) Um, But next episode, we'll talk about a little of the bonus part of Africa for us, uh, which was the incredible landscape and natural landmarks that we got to see. Um, so it's more than just grasslands and yeah. plains and and you know the color savanna. You know, I think of the savanna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll cover all of that. Um, so come back next month as well. And um, I guess until then. Thanks for checking us out today. Yeah, if you have questions about us specifically about Africa, please ask us. Please email us at switchbackkids um, at gmail.com and we would love to answer them uh, for you as well as we can. Also check out our trip report at switchbackkids.com. Yeah, it's got a bunch of, I mean, it's got highlights for every country. It's got a full breakdown of the budget. excruciatingly detailed (laughs) with how much money we spent in each country. It's got a video if you're looking for visuals of all of these things, of the animals, how close you're able to get, etc. It's, uh, again, an excruciatingly long, maybe, uh, (laughs) video, 16 minutes. I mean, we love it. and then the regrets we had, the things we'd skip, um, a few other, you know, all of the national parks and animals we saw, stuff like that. Yeah, but if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, find us on Facebook, Instagram, also like we mentioned on our blog. And you can always get lots and lots and lots more national park and international travel videos, posts, guides, and more on our website at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks Switchbacks out. out.